Welcome to the Film Shifts Podcast. Uh, today, we're excited to feature Liam. So, yeah, Liam, thank you so much for being on today. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah, so can you just tell us a little about yourself? Yeah, my name is uh, Liam Marvin. Um, I've been making films since kind of the freshman year of high school. Um, and ever since, been pushing and being more um, pioneering towards bigger and obviously better films um, than the first films. Um, but I love the animation, the puppetry, and it's things that are practical in filmmaking. And that's what really captures my interest in creating those stories. So what kind of draws you to more of a physical medium than digital? Like, what is it about it, you think? I think there, there's, like, like the, the digital me, like medium, I think, can all like it's being pushed and it's being pioneered with now ai like that's pretty cool i think with something that you can hold and feel and manipulate yourself physically had there there's that there's that you know the history of that art and 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 it it's just its own aesthetic and and it really kind of i think elevates a creation more and story more have you worked with digital and have you found that like that physical mediums are a lot better and what more like is more fulfilling to you or have you only worked in traditional um i've i've done a lot <laughs> i've i've experimented a lot um with vita's posthumous this film it's it's a good combination of both where the animation everything's hand drawn on uh, this notebook and then digitally put onto a computer and animate on a computer before that i was playing around with okay what if i just animate page by page and just take a picture of pictures of that it took way too long and then i tried with just animating digitally fully that took even longer so i found this medium with the of posthumous where okay i can physically draw and manipulate the colors on paper go digitally, and then that's where I actually animate the movements and whatnot. Mm, I see. Okay, so it's, it's you're, you're sort of geared at least to make it somewhere in the middle, right? Yeah. Okay, that's that's awesome. I, I think it's good to kind of have both access to both mediums, just because I think working within one, like with like physical and traditional, that's like, let's face it, that's way too hard for somebody just kind of by yourself doing that, right? Yeah. Whereas you yeah. feel like a team of like 50 people, maybe. Right. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, because even the digital uh, medium, that's not going to go away anytime soon. Um, but I think there's going to be a point, could be a point far, far in the future that we might just be filming all on green screens. So I think it's important to preserve that um, practical as well. Yeah, um, I, I completely agree with you. I think that there is a time and place for both. Um, I don't think that just because this new and great medium is out like digital with like AI and stuff, I don't think we should completely ignore what came before it. Yeah. Um, I'm glad you're preserving that. So, you know, thank you. Um, <laughs> so yeah, with that, can you just tell us a little bit your film about your film? So like, sure. what's it about? Like what's its message to its audience? Um, Vita's posthumous. Um, it's, I think, an odyssey of what comes after death for our little character protagonist. I, I've named this protagonist Ski, but it's never in the film. Um, and he's just kind of going through these these stages of the afterlife and kind of come to terms with his death. 
And that was in heavily, heavily inspired by um, Dante's Inferno. And I really love Dante's Inferno, but I wish it was a little bit more subjective. So with this film, I was trying to make it where as we're kind of going through the stages of afterlife, you can determine if if it's something that you're like, oh, I'm glad to be here or oh, I'm not so glad to be here, heaven or the other place. Um, and I think doing that, it can create, create so many different perspectives and tones of the film to different audience members. And I really like that a lot. Um, but with the premise, I like to keep that open-ended because, um, well, there is a premise, but I think depending on what you think about this film, the premise is quite different. Yeah, so um, that's really interesting how you're just, there's sort of two perspectives that you can take away from it. Yeah. So which one would you say the majority of people would take away with? I think it's the, I don't want to be here and relive my own death and see it and come to terms of the, I'm dead now. Like, I think no one wants to see that. But I think, let's say, if there were to be an afterlife in this in, in this style and fairy tale of stages, um, I think it would be important to kind of come to terms or you would kind of be in guilt and like sorrow for however long that is. <laughs> um, so, I, and, it, and I think as well, it, it hopefully kind of reflects this, um, it hopefully makes the audience kind of reflect on their life of, yeah, I should appreciate my life for what I have now. Because with this character, he had a really short life. He was rejected when he was born and went straight to the workforce and then kind of died right away. That's not, that's not the best life ever. So obviously the vast, vast, vast majority of us don't experience something like that. Um, so I hopefully because of that, um, that reflection of, okay, I should appreciate my life and live it hopefully it comes out of that um i've i've always been fascinated with with stories that are told strictly by just presenting you what's happening and they're yeah. sort of a break where two different audience members in the same theater are going to have a different take on what actually happened so i kind of like how you brought that into your own film with because religion religion is obviously a very touchy topic with people yeah so do you was there any religious like influence within this movie or not really sort of just there was that's a good question there was there was definitely like i definitely was inspired but it, i didn't want like because i'm not religious myself and i didn't want to say like go heavily on the christian side or Islamic side of religion, or I didn't want to like pick a certain. So I was only inspired by, um, so such as let's say the owl antagonist. Um, that was inspired by like early Renaissance paintings um, where the owl would represent um, Lucifer. So like I would take that kind of um, hints but i would never i don't i don't want to like directly relate oh that's that and that's that so i would change it up oh here's the sound and that's temptation but again i didn't, I didn't want to like creating bad lines with religion or or make something up so i can i i only wanted to be inspired by awesome so sorry can you just repeat it repeat the question just because my connection kind of cut out mid okay. so sorry, yeah that's just Really quick, yeah, I'm so yeah. sorry. That was a really good answer, I can tell. But okay. yeah, 
<laughs> um, I didn't want to, with religion, I didn't want to kind of cross any bad lines. And I didn't want to say, oh, this was a Christian film or this was that film. Because I'm atheist myself. And I think if a film was, is ambiguous with what it could be, that's great. And so many people can relate. So there was fish in this underwater scene. And I don't remember exactly the correlation off the top of my head, but that um, kind of hints at um, this Christianity inspiration. So with uh, the owl and the kind of the fourth stage where in the early, early Renaissance period with paintings, you'd see a lot of barn owls um, in the back and that would represent Lucifer um, and temptation. So I can only uh, be influenced by that. And such as like even the ending with um, pillars being a really tall uh, house and other things. Um, but I didn't want to be that, have that as the main inspiration. Um, but I think it's really cool to hint at what was in the past and what represented in the past. No, I think that's great. I think that keeping it vague is sort of also keeping it open, open to everybody who's watching the film, not just Catholic Christian viewers as well, you know? Yeah. And I think, of course, like there's certain depictions of hell and heaven that are different for each religion. But I think generally speaking, I'm not an expert in religion, obviously, but um, they all sort of have the afterlife and then the underworld sort of like, that's kind of a common theme. So yeah. as long as you're hitting both of those, I don't think it's necessarily bad or you're discriminating against any yeah. religion. Yeah. I so. like, I mean, being trying to be as subjective as possible. Um, and now no, now no one I could say hell, I wanted to smash the two together. So there's that experience of, or is this a heaven or is this a hell that our characters experiencing? Cause like you could experience both. If like you had to come to terms with, your death some people can be a hell and some people can be a heaven so there's that subjectiveness of the film definitely definitely um okay so yeah now moving past your film briefly i just want sure. to get your like what you're kind of doing right now like are you still a student are you uh working right now like can you give us a little insight on that sure um right now um i'm a ucf film major hopefully bfa um in the coming fall um i want to continue my um because i know how to make films but i don't know how to story tell in different mediums so that's why i want to go to school it's really craft my individual um style and storytelling um and then with that um i've been spending at the film festival so actually just yesterday i went to the Orlando International Film Festival um, for the same film, Vita Posimus. Um, and then alongside that, I'm doing an internship at um, the University of Florida, um, doing some videography stuff. And then all with all of that combined, I'm still trying to make my own personal films at the time. Yeah. It's so you're you're based out of Orlando, right? With, with your college. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um so do you have, did you, so it's in animation, like, have you inspired anything from Disney at all or not necessarily? Not from Disney. I think the inspiration is like, uh, hopefully I don't pronounce his name wrong. Uh, Ralph Bansky, he made like Wizards, um, Fritz the Cat, um, that style where it's, um, it's, it's kind of like 
experimenting with like like either blending of the layers with the animation and then the animation style itself um for the feeder post humorous was inspired by just stop motion <laughs> um i think the the newer film uh, like what's his name i don't i don't, I don't with the newer film um mad god if you've seen that um that's that's a really great um stop motion piece and then that um as well then influences the style and the the animation style of the story and then the style of the um the tone of like let's say um of my films gotcha okay so like you you're really kind of inspired by like tone and what the feeling you get from the animation is not necessarily the technical you are inspired by the technical aspects as well but it's really yeah. just the, the the feeling you get when you watch it yeah that's interesting. okay yeah um okay so do you so you're a sophomore you said correct yeah so are you kind of gearing up right now or have any ideas about your senior thesis um like right now or like do you have any plans for the future to make more movies I always want to make more movies. Um, I, I I never I never had a moment in my life where I, want, I, I told myself, yeah, I want to stop making movies or films or whatever medium I, I want to tell a story in. Because um, I love doing it. And I think that's a very human thing to do. And then some people are geared more towards you know, not telling stories or just telling stories. And some people are like, I have to tell stories. Ah. <laughs> um, do you mind repeating the question? Um, more time. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, so like, are, do you plan on just making anything in the future right now? Like whether you be your senior thesis or something you're making next year? Um, sure. yeah. Like, do you have any ideas? Sure. Um, and then with that, um, I'm, I, I haven't thought about my thesis yet. <laughs> I, I think I should, um, get onto that, but with what I want to make next, with the whole AI, I think that's very there's very there's a lot of two sides to it. And being someone who loves the practical, I think AI is great with when it comes to the medical advances. Um, but when it comes to originality, I think a lot of people are, are abusing it. And I'm a little scared in the future that AI, like people use AI and there are nothing, there will only be so many stuff that's original. And obviously. There's going to be people, authors who will write books and those will be original. But when it comes to ads, things that will kind of go over your mind, like those will be fully AI. And with the whole writer strike in Hollywood, I think that's as important with like, we can't let AI take over the practical craft of the writing or the digital. Um, so because of that AI, I think scaring whatever side you're flopping towards, I want to make a film that kind of addresses that um, with a similar style of being um, subjective, um, kind of a narrative of how should we think of AI? Is it our friend or is it our foe? I like that word you used, abused, with um, people using AI to craft images, just because I think it's exactly what's going on. I think that's with inherently with AI, right? I'm not an expert in AI, but from what I do know is when you're replicating images within Photoshop, After Effects, whatever, um, Premiere, you're sort of kind of taking stuff people have already done and then implementing it into your photography, for example. So 
is it really yours? That's kind of the question. Yeah. So if you keep doing that over a long period of time, then what's original anymore? So that I think that goes to even like with ChatGPT. I hate when people argue that, oh, ChatGPT can just replace writers in Hollywood. Exactly. It's like, well, not really, because then who's going to write the movies? Because yeah. everything that's in ChatGPT has been already written. So there's no room for expansion. So yeah. I think it's a really interesting topic that you, you should definitely get into. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And there is. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, please. What were we going to say? Um, yeah, I oh, in the spring, I'm not, I don't want to name any names um, because I believe he can be a good filmmaker. Uh, but there's a um, at UCF, there's a class where we had a random people come together. We make a film, practice production. And, um, and this guy um, wanted to use ChatGPT to write a script. And to me, when I first heard that, I'm like, kind of hard. Like, what? What? And you kept, you kept pushing and pushing it. Um, and think we came to terms of like, okay, one person's just going to write it. We're not going to use ChatGPT. But that was like the first time I was, I was kind of scared. Like, I'm like, oh, there were never, no one will ever use Chat, actually use ChatGPT or AI to make a script. And then all of a sudden it's like right in my face. I'm like, ah, it's a, it's a little scary. Yeah, I mean, I think that ChatGBC is a great tool and yeah, yeah. it should be used as a tool, not the main means of your entire pre-production process. Like, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's great for grammar checks. Definitely use them for grammar checks. That's oh, what sure. I do. But, yeah. Um, okay, yeah. So, sort of moving kind of past that, um, just sort of like a personal question, but also not really personal. Like, do you have like any like recommendations for for student filmmakers trying to get into college right now? Um, how would you, from your experience, like how did you basically end up in the position you are right now? Okay. Um, in in life, I've always followed one thing, and that is to take opportunities. Like, you will not you won't get anywhere if you don't take that opportunity, even if you think. Oh, it's gonna be boring or at the drive five hours this way only spend an hour and then drive back if you don't do that there's someone else that will beat you to it and then that one person will have just another advantage over you like you don't want to like around your environment your environment the people you can see no one should out hustle you ever you will see people across the world that will at your age or whatever because, you know, they have different opportunities they took. But around you and the opportunities that are presented to you, you have to take it. So with last year um, in my school and during the fall, I've made films in the past. So I felt like, oh, I could still make my own films. And I did. Um, but around me, I saw all these flyers for other students' films. And I was like, okay. And I scanned some QR codes tied to it and did those. And then a part of me was like, in the spring, I was like, you know what? I want to create that opportunity to make that QR code so someone could scan that, my QR code. And that was great. And I made a film with that. So you, I think it's important to take opportunities and as well to really push ahead is to create opportunities for others. So direct something and put it out there. Like that's great. And that will get you far, like, like really far. So it's not just about seeing opportunities and taking advantage of them. It's also creating your own opportunities and having exactly. people come along with it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's a great piece of advice for sure. Um, I know a lot of, I guess, people in high school as well that are trying to get into this. It's hard because maybe they're not from 
a district where they have the ability to come like do film classes and stuff like that. So you're kind of reliant on your friends. So I think that inherently is making that opportunity for them as well, you know, yeah. or other people around you. So, yeah. Did you have any experience within high school as well, making short films or not oh, really? A lot. Did? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Just going against that a little briefly. Just, I'm, I'm just curious. Yeah. Sure. Um, in high school, um, that was the moment I was like, yeah, I want to filmmake. So in freshman year, it, it, it was it wasn't really stories, but it was more observations of what I saw around me. And then it turned into more stories as the years went by into my senior year of high school. Um, but with those would like. From freshman year to junior year, it was strictly me. There was no one else helping me. Maybe my friend Alex, who he took some opportunities and he is successful. He has a big YouTube channel now making films that's great and and with him and i um obviously some people are going to be more successful than others we both took that opportunity and made opportunities for ourselves um and then with the senior year and with the senior year it's it's i think that's when i started to reach out to more people and say hey you're going to help me and and i'll help you with either getting your name out there or xyz um and that was really beneficial to me because I was transitioning from working alone to, okay, I have to now direct other people and work with other people and experience a new type of teamwork that is outside of the classroom and let's say sports. Gotcha, gotcha, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah, you're expanding yourself as well. And I love that. Um, yeah. Okay. So that about wraps it up for the podcast. Uh, All right. Because we're almost out of time. I'm sorry. But um, do you have any? Do you want to promote your social media handles quickly sure. for everybody listening? Yeah. If you if you're interested in um, the films I make, if you go to YouTube, type in Liam Marvin. Should be the first thing that pops up. Those are all my films. Uh, not all, but those are the ones I'm really proud of the show. And I'm hoping one day um, there will be a website where it shows all. Of the films and it's more of not of a here's what i made but here's what i learned and here's where i failed and here's where i succeeded and more of a debrief of each film i've made because i think that's really important for then aspiring filmmakers to see you of there's so many directors out there even the famous ones that have failed and they don't really show it but i think it's important to see where people have failed to learn 